Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Now, in this particular case, I did have to tell him. Oh, Oh, no. What have you done? My phone is on silent, but it synced to my laptop, so my laptop rang. This is ruined. It's all over. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay, this is episode 48, Taking the Emotion Out of Real Estate. Yeah, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. Okay, I like it. Um, it's funny because, you know, we're in the summer months, I'm starting to get busy. And as I'm getting busy, I'm like, this would be a great podcast episode. Right. (laughs) Every time something happens, that's good. Well, it's like, as you go through things in real life, you realize that these are the things that need to be talked about. Right. Because they're happening in transactions. Right. Yes, absolutely. Do you have an emotional story for us? Well, I think it's just, I'm, there's always the trend that people get heated or emotional during the process. Yeah. And I have always felt as realtors being the professional, it's our job to kind of be the buffer and to keep everybody grounded. I agree. Um, For example, I just submitted a repair request for my buyer on the house she's buying and there was a bidding war on this house. Okay. So we won, but mm-hmm. we did go $3,000 over asking. Whoa. So we won. Our repair request was not crazy. It was things that needed to, be, to done. be done no matter who buys the house. Right. Well, they sent it back to me and only agreed to three of the six things. And okay. the other three things were like actual safety issues. Yeah. So I said, would they mind uh, doing an allowance? Yeah. First of all, this realtor calls me. I send them an e- I send them an email, and then I immediately get a phone call. Right. And um, I also get text messages at nine, ten o'clock at night. I finally said, "Listen, you know, I am not great with text messages." And I had already sent my email email that yeah. said that in the beginning, the mm-hmm. intro. And he said, "Well, I work at a plant." And, you know, this is just the best I can do. And I'm like, God, so annoying. Because it's like, (laughs) I'm trying to do bath time. He's, and you can't do email. He can't. He has a real job. I know. And so it's just, and he's like super nice, but it's just harder on me. Right. And I'm having to like divert from family time. Yeah. But I get a call back and it's like... I don't even want to hear my sellers because I said, would they consider an allowance instead of these? Well, the things we agreed to are like $2,000. And I said, well, that's not our fault, right? The house needs repair. It, it needs to be done. That's not our fault. And we're paying 3000 over asking. So you still have a thousand. You're coming out a thousand dollars ahead. Yeah. He said, they are so angry. They just want me to put the house back on the market. I said, well, first of all, you can't do that. Right? <laughs> we haven't even responded yet. Yeah. And I'm just asking. Yeah. I said, this is just part of negotiation. Right. Nobody needs to get so upset. Well, if you don't ask, how will you ever know? How will you ever know? And oh I, I know oh in this God. situation, my buyer wants the house. Yeah. You know? And I'm also not going to call her and be like, look, the seller... Yeah. said, you know, screw you. I want to put the house, house back on, on the market. market. So I just called her and oh. said, because I hadn't even talked to her right. when I asked you were if trying we could do an allowance. Yes. I was just trying to get more before yeah. I called her. Fair. So I said, look, this is what they're willing to do. Right. They are not willing to do these items. I do want to let you know that I asked if they would contribute an allowance they said no, you right. know, with as many offers as they had. They just don't feel like they have to. And right. she was like, I understand. I'm yeah. happy they're doing these three things. Right. And we signed off. 
But like, why did everybody have to get? Well, the uh, here's so a great point. The other side was all angry. Your side was fine, fine because she didn't even know. She didn't even know. No, because if you had told her. The agent is annoyed and yelling at me. The, <laughs> the seller is unhappy and wants to put it back on the market. Everyone is angry over there. Her reaction may have been totally different. A hundred percent. Totally different. So we are required to be the buffer. It's it's necessary in order to help those buyers and sellers get what they want. You're supposed to be helping them get to a goal. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there are agents out there that maybe aren't buffering as much as they should. No, because it takes some work. It does. And, and patience. It's hard. And it's hard because, you know, everybody needs a good vent session. Yeah. But you have to be careful who you're talking to. Right. How you're saying things are, you know, my, I'm always trying to keep people focused on the property. Yes. And not the people. Right. Who cares what the sellers paid right. for this house yeah. 10 years ago? No, I, right. Who cares, yeah. you know, if they... Um, didn't put that much money into it, and all they did was paint it, and now they're asking this much. Like, right? Who cares what how much money they're making? Yeah. Do you like the house? Is it priced within the comps? Right. Does it work? How does the house? Who cares right. about the people? Yeah. You're you're trying to focus on the property and the process, not the people. Right. I think that's a great tip, though, not to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I also think that what happens, especially in the original negotiation of the offer. They sometimes there's some feelings held over when you get to <laughs> inspections. Yeah. And they're like, some people negotiate in a fashion where someone wins and someone loses. Right. I am always trying to get my clients to understand that you win if you get the house because that's what you wanted. Or you win if you sell the house because that's what you wanted. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. All of the little fine details and how you got there don't matter if in the end you get to move. That yes. was the whole point. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I'm really big on making sure that it's not adversarial when I'm negotiating. And that means I have to be the buffer. Yes. Because I don't know that I've ever had clients that had no emotions. I mean, everyone is going to be emotional about the actual negotiation. Right. So you have to make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to diffuse. You yeah. have to diffuse. You There's do. a lot of diffusing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had sellers that are like, who does this buyer think they are? And right. And I'm like, they don't think they're anybody, but they're just trying to buy right. your house. And it's just part of yeah. negotiating. I also think that sometimes I have to make sure to put them in the other one's shoes. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the listing appointment and the seller is very emotional about their home of 25 years and they, all the money that, and they can list out all the money they've spent on the house. We have new toilets. I mean, big deal. We have new <laughs> toilets. Yes. And they want to raise the price based on how they feel about their home, right? Right. And then you show them the data, but where was I going with this? I think that the problem is that you you have to then tell the buyer, look, the seller has been there 25 years. This is the home they built with their own two hands. They've done all these things. That's why they're so firm when they're negotiating or vice versa. You have to take the seller away from that. And I'm going to tell you, we've talked about this before, the easiest way to take emotions away from a seller is having them do the appropriate staging, which includes removing their family photos. Mm -hmm. Removing the family photos is the easiest way to quickly remove the emotion from their home. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, when they walk through the house, they don't see all the pictures of their kids, you know, babies and graduations. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's just like, this doesn't even feel like my house anymore. That is what you want all of your sellers to feel Mm -hmm. before you start negotiations. That's a really good point. It's so helpful. I've had Mm -hmm. people say it more than once. It doesn't even feel like my house anymore. I'm like, success. Mm -hmm. Now you can come at it from a business perspective because you're making a financial decision that shouldn't have any emotion involved in it. Mm I had a situation yesterday where we're doing a price reduction on a listing and we had, it had an appraisal in the beginning. Okay. We are listed below appraisal and she was having a hard time with that. But I had to explain to her, you know, appraisers are very checkbox oriented and all they said is yes, you have granite, but the buyers say, yeah, but it's 10 years old and right. it's brown. Yeah, I don't you want know? that anymore. But, but you got credit there on the appraisal right. for ha- being updated. Did or- they come around or they were upset? Well, the thing was is that 
I knew going into this because I was kind of nervous because she texted me and said, can you come over tomorrow to discuss the price drop? You were like, this doesn't Uh-oh, sound good. I'm getting fired. Because I had sent them an email with data, number of showings we've had, data yeah. market comps. Right, right. And said, I think it's time. Yeah. And I think it needs to be like a decent chunk to get us into this new price point. Uh-huh. And then she didn't respond. And yeah. then I got a text saying, can you come over? So I had to go in there and just do a lot of like positive self-talk with myself to yeah. say, Alyssa, she is not upset with you. Right. She doesn't like the situation. She doesn't like the situation. <laughs> the numbers. And the numbers aren't my numbers. No. I'm here to tell you I brought, you know, seven people yeah. by for showings and nope. none of them right. made an offer. Yeah. And so I did my job and I can't go there being like, oh my gosh, she hates me. She, yeah. I'm a terrible agent. She's going to be mad. And I will tell y'all, I struggle with with this sometimes. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard to not take things personal, For to sure. not get nervous when when sellers or buyers are unhappy with yeah. a situation because you're in charge of the situation. Yes. So yeah. their house isn't selling. It feels like my fault. However, right. if you don't find a way to cope with those emotions, mm-hmm. you're not going to survive long-term no. in real estate. Oh my gosh, no. Because the stress alone won't let you sleep. It'll right. eat you alive. You have to get to a point where you're confident <sighs> right. that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it's not your fault yep. that a house isn't selling yep. when you know that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I think you also have to be able to take the yelling mm-hmm. and take the anger and take the emotions from that party and just diffuse it within yourself. Like right. you have to not internalize that and let it reflect on how you feel about yourself as a professional or your job or person, whatever. I had a seller yell at me, <gasps> yell and yell and yell and tell me he was going to pull the sign out of the yard <laughs> and he couldn't believe this all because, and I may have mentioned this before at the home inspection, there were six cars I wasn't there. I just had this happen. My my seller was so angry there that were so six, many people there were there. Six, and that's why in the template, it says the buyer will be there. The agent will be there. The inspector will be there. There's possibility that other people will be there from that incident. But uh, this is the deal. The agent had come. The agent was young and the broker was the mom. The broker showed up, two cars. The inspector came. I think there was a termite guy, four cars. Then the two buyers each had a car because it was a husband and wife and it was in the middle of the day. They came from work. Mm -hmm. Six cars. All of the cars are there. He's yelling at me. It finally comes out that he has antique guns hidden like under his bed. Okay. And I'm like, one, I told you to remove the firearms from your house. But two, you can't yell at me like this. Like I took it for a while and then I'm like, listen, Mm -hmm. this is not okay. This is who's there. It's completely allowed. There's no reason. Also, you cannot... Cancel your listing now. You're under contract with these people. Right. Like, that's not going to happen. But going forward, I'm going to need to speak to your wife. Like, that, there is a limit to what I'm going to allow someone to do to me. And my my threshold is super high. Like, he yelled at me probably more than most people would allow. And then I'm just like, no, Mm-mm. this isn't okay. And I was upset about it. Just like when I, you get rejected or when you lose some the deal or whatever. For an hour, and then I'm and I tell the story a few times, and then I move on. Like mm-hmm. you just got to get it out. Do not keep it inside. It was crazy. Well, I think that you cannot let the sellers or buyers, your clients, constantly obsess on something and feed on something, or just no. let him keep going. Yeah, you have to. You got to cut it off. Yes, you have to yeah. cut it off, or it's going to get worse. Yeah, for you have sure. to stand yeah. up for yourself and keep it professional. Yep. No one would talk to their CPA that way. No. So why are we any different? No. You know, you do have to demand the respect. Yep. And then there are situations where, like yesterday with my seller, she was like, "So what? This appraisal I have just means nothing." Oh. And I had to say, I know it. It sucks. Right. Like, it does. And I hate that yeah. none of these seven buyers that came through yeah. agreed with the appraisal. This is the moment when I'm like, listen, it's okay with me if you don't want to sell right now. Because <laughs> then they usually are like, oh. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like I can't change this. It's right. okay with me if now's not a good time. If you mm-hmm. want to hang on to it and wait until the market you know, goes up some more, it's on you. Right. Like it's not, it's not, I'm not, it's not, you're the messenger. 
It's okay to let them vent, but we have to be the grounding. I think you have to remind them the them goal. Back. Like, do you need to move? Do you have to move? Why are you moving? I understand they get so super hyper-focused on one annoying thing or one problem or the appraisal or whatever it is. I mean, it's hard for me to explain. Yes, you have a pre-listing appraisal for X amount of dollars. <laughs> now, people don't want to pay that. Well, an appraisal isn't indicative of what the market will do. It just tells you what the other house is sold for. And I mean, like you would get a different appraiser tomorrow and a different number. Yes. We had that conversation so too. It was just, it's hard. And I know that it's just hard to deliver those messages mm-hmm. and then be ready to, t- when you know they're going to be angry or sad mm-hmm. or upset, it's hard to take it. So mm-hmm. you just have to prepare yourself mentally. I did the whole way there. I just was like, don't get up. Don't take it personal. Right. Keep your cool. You know, stay composed and just, because I think our calmness makes them go, okay, right. You know, this is what it is. Right. And I'm not going to convince her that we should not go that low or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think the other important part is when you're, your most important task on either side is to listen. Most people are just wanting to vent and mm-hmm. get out how they feel. And if you listen and validate that you've heard them, not that their opinions or feelings are correct or mm-hmm. wrong or right, you can have feelings, but just that you're listening and that you understand. I mean, I'm often saying, I understand this sucks. Like I, you know, I hate that. I know that you put a lot of money into that patio and nobody wants to pay, <sighs> you know, for the whole patio, you know, it, it is what it is. Like right. you just have to really be willing to, I don't know, get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to talk about when sellers get a low ball offer from a buyer who fully intends to maybe even pay list price, but they're like, I don't want to respond to this. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This is, and then they don't want to deal with that buyer at all. And I often have to tell buyers that who want to make a low ball offer. I'm like, be advised. Sellers are emotional. Not sometimes all the time. Yeah. They're emotional. If you say your $250,000 house, I'm going to offer you 200. Now they're mad and annoyed mm-hmm. and disappointed mm-hmm. because they got an offer. Just think about how that feels. <laughs> your agent calls and says, hooray, we've got an offer. And then they're like, but. Don't be surprised though. But it's, but you know, super low. And then you want to all of a sudden come back and sellers are not going to even give you an, an a decent counter offer if you're super far apart. And I, but you, you as the agent have to explain that to your buyers Mm -hmm. and you have to tell the sellers, Hey, I know this is a super low offer, but it doesn't mean they're not willing to pay what you want. Why don't we give an appropriate counter or something like it's hard. You got to get them there. Mm -hmm. You got to get them there. I had a situation recently where we're asking 239 and we got an offer for 205. (laughs) It's just not going to work. No, she doesn't even have the money to sell it. And I could not get my seller. My seller said, Alyssa, that's not going to work. I said, I know, but let's just counter to show them. And she was like, she's like, I can't do it. No, Mm -mm. I know. Well, the typical response is fine. I'll counter two thirty nine five. Right. Like whatever. Right. Like I'm not going to come off at all just to show you. I'll give you $500. Well, I ended up typing a counter, but I couldn't, she's like, yeah, I'll sign it. You know? And like then the deadline passed and this other agent was like, Alyssa, my buyer's so aggravated right now. I said, aggravated. Hold on here. I mean, I'm doing my best to get her to sign, but I think we're too far apart anyway. Right. Like, what do you I want? I don't think that. And he was like, my buyer just said that he's effing trying to buy this house. And I was like, no, no. he's not. If you're really trying, then you would have made an appropriate offer. Yeah. And guess what? I'm not going to use the F word <laughs> right. when I'm talking. Well, that made me angry just hearing you say it that. Made me, it literally, when I was on the phone, was like, <gasps> you're like, this is Look, I don't, I don't like you either. And I would like to state for the record, I am a cursor. I am fine with cursing, but I never do it in a professional environment. I would never call you and be like, my buyer, beep, 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 right, beep, beep. Right. No. No. I was shocked. God, But geez. I think it just goes, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting here telling my seller, don't be emotional at this <laughs> yeah, buyer. And he don't made do you this. emotional. And then he made me mad. Yep. And I was like, well, you know, mm-hmm. forget them. And you know what? That buyer came up to like 229 that was more appropriate but she was like I'm not selling to this guy I didn't even tell her how bad it was how bad it went (laughs) but well I kind of had to say look apparently this buyer says he is actually serious and he wants a counter offer yeah just you know so so did she send a counter he just made a new offer he ended up just making a new offer 
And then we countered that one for real. Did they? But it never. And then he was like, well, there's another house we're going to make an offer on. And I said, go for it. Go do that. It doesn't look like it's working out here. And that, this, it upset that agent that I said that. Because you know why? Now he's got to show another house, write another offer, start start a whole other negotiation. That's a lot of work. But if he had reined in that buyer to start with, you your seller might have taken the two twenty nine. So if he had offered two twenty nine or two twenty five or something in the realm of reality, right, where we were, then it would have been. To- that's the thing that I don't think buyers and sellers can understand without an agent explaining to them. Mm-hmm. Listen, Mr. Buyer, I know you really want this house. If you offer 205, the seller's going to be angry mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. going to counter you. And they may not want to work with you at all if you're willing to spend 229 or whatever right. it is. Like that is our responsibility. Yeah. That is our job to relay that those messages. That is on us. And it's different when you have data and comps to support that. Yes. And then maybe you can deliver the offer with a letter that says, yeah. hey, I know this is far from what you're asking. Here's right. why. But to just go at it so aggressively, ugly, you know, volatile. Well, I think that people, agents specifically, think they can bully you into bullying your I felt that way. Self. That's what was going and it on. it felt good for me to be like, go to the other house. I buy. It is not working out yeah. here for anybody. Right. At this point, I feel like your buyer would be angry to buy this house. Right. And how's that going to go in inspection? Yeah, this isn't going to work. Uh, we're not going to make it because we're it's, ne- it's never going to work. <laughs> I'll just wait for somebody else. Okay, so two days later. Oh, gosh. They call. Mm-hmm. He, hey, there wasn't another house. Stop. He only wanted your house? So what happened? And he was like, his offer of 229 still stands. <laughs> but we really want the house? And I said, <laughs> I'll call my seller. And she said, no. 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 And it felt good, good to come back and be like, nope. no, no, you did this all wrong. Yeah, we're actually pending now for two thirty-five. Good job. So it's like, oh, I man. think we could have all gotten there if everyone would have just calmed down and worked together <sighs> instead of being like, right, oh, I gave you this time. And I was trying to say, look, I have an older seller. She has to get to a computer to right. physically it's e-sign. Not, yeah. It's, you know, I might need more time, but it was just, there wasn't a lot of patience, understanding, yeah. working together. It was all very aggressive and it didn't work. Well, there are definitely agents who are aggressive as a means of, I don't know if that's the negotiation <laughs> class they took or that's just how they think it should work or they think that they have to win, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I have a list of why it's nice to be nice. <laughs> I want to hear it. Well, because I use the philosophy, you get more flies with honey, right? Sure. And you do. And it's nice to be nice. Yes. You're going to sleep well at night. Yeah. Easier easier negotiations. Agents will want to work with you again. Yeah. If you take into consideration the agent isn't the person to yell at if the lender made a mistake, yeah. then you will approach the problem better. Right. Um, you, also, being nice when you are rejected may end up in, this is more like if you're working with a seller, buyer, whatever, mm-hmm. they may send you a referral. If you're nice about things, you're going to get the the car, the good karma of your niceness will come later. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been really good. I mean, you're good with words anyway. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, just you have a finesse that just rolls off the tongue nicely. And I feel like I'm more like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. I'm very wordy. I think that's the difference. So I am, that is a good tip though. If you have a seller or a buyer or an agent or someone with a problem and they're angry or upset or not happy or have a negative emotion, Repeat what they said to them Mm -hmm. and say things like, I understand that you're upset we didn't X, Y, Z. I understand that you are mad because this price isn't what you were expecting. Mm -hmm. But let's think about the goal of getting you into that new house down the street that's bigger. Or, you know, just repeat what they say. I like to let people talk and then I like to talk. I'm a talker. That's a good idea, though, when you don't have the words to just. So one of the examples I wrote down was you know, when you lose something to a for sale by owner. So I just had this guy from high school mm-hmm. reach out, Alyssa, I'd love for you to be my agent. Yep. Great. Um, what are you looking for? I set him up on a search. Then he emails me and says, Hey, Alyssa, I found this for sale by owner that I'm going to buy. I already went and saw the house and I wrote the contract. Can you run comps for me? No, no, no. Well, first of all, how do you write the contract without the comps? Right. 
You've done this all backwards. Yes, it's all backwards. Backwards. And um, I had to... My gut reaction that's hard to fight... <laughs> Let's hear it. ...is to just respond quickly and be like, no. Like, no. <laughs> but I was like, what would Katie do? Oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> I, I literally waited for like an hour, checked other emails, came back to it and said, that's great. I'm really excited you found the house. Unfortunately... You know, because we're not working together as client agent, I just can't help you, right? You know, decipher the um the data. Yeah, I did send him a CMA summary of the last twelve months in that neighborhood. Okay, that was kind. The values were all over the place, all over the place, and I was like, <laughs> like "Good luck figuring I that said, out." You know, here is the last twelve months in that neighborhood. You know, I hope it helps. Maybe you can research these houses and see which one is most comparable to what you're buying. But, you know, and I did say, you know, I do wish we could have worked together, yeah. but I understand, and I'm excited you found a house. That was the right thing to do. It was hard to do, I but I know I feel better about it because I don't want them. I don't want someone to ever think of me and be like, "Yeah, I don't think she likes me anymore." Right. And in three years, when he's ready to buy a different house mm-hmm. and he's got to sell this one, and he doesn't want to sell it for sale by owner because this is going to go pretty bad. Right. He's going to call you. Right. So that's I'm good listing karma. a house this week mm-hmm. that when I was new. Uh huh. This person was one that I had written a letter to saying I'm in real estate. Yeah. And um, you know, six months later, she bought this house. And you were like, not oh, with me. Right. And I was well, just kind of like shocked. I, she even. Shucks. I I did what I was supposed to, and right. I let her know I was in real estate. Right, and right. I gave her my card, and you know, she yeah. used somebody else, and and now I'm listing it. You know. It happens. It does happen. It happens. If you handle it as right. Long, and as long as you maintain a positive relationship. Mm-hmm. So it, it's nice to be nice. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right. Here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah. Nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna, it's gonna love change it. your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy bye, the template yes enjoy mm-hmm. um i did go to bob vila's website because i found an article about emotions and real estate yeah i don't know if anyone remembers bob vila but he was the this old house guy like he had oh, a tv yeah. show this mm-hmm. old house and he would do like repairs and stuff anyway Basically, the quote said, fond associations may lead you to view the property in more favorable economic terms than it warrants. So this is the bond. That is wordy. Well, I know. I'm not telling you to repeat this, but I'm just saying, if you go to a house and the seller has been there for 25 years and they love it, they the, the fond associations they have for their house gives it value to so them. You, and they did studies. They were like, Harvard studies on how emotions in buying and selling, and it's on both ends. And they mm. recommend it. Well, they also said you can't put a price on memories. <laughs> right. So maybe you could use that in your listing appointment. <laughs> well, you cannot put a price on memories, but yeah. here's the data on your house. Right. right? Um, they did say when you were selling, if you plan to give a $500 allowance, consider holding that back. And then right when you're about to come to an agreement, like if the buyer's thinking about your counter or whatever, then like kind of throw it on top. You know what? How about also, do you want 500 for the carpet? And then it's like a little positive. Yeah, actually nugget. And they're like, I think I am going to buy this house. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. I had written down communicate with data. Okay. So when she asked me to come to her house to discuss the price right. reduction, uh-huh. I knew I needed 
Yes. Some data. Yeah. So I did a CMA summary, similar homes, Uh showed her days on market. Uh She's like, well, everybody says that real estate is booming right now. And I said, let me show you what's going on in your price range and your zip code. Yeah. Let me just show you. And I tell her, these aren't my numbers. These are just facts. Yeah. You know, it takes the burden off of you. Yep. Redirects their anger away from you. Right. And she literally said, so it's not just us. No. I said, absolutely not. These houses were on the market 180, 190 days. Like, yeah. We're not even close close to that right. yet. And it's just such a specific thing. We're going to be here a little while. I think that it's important that we understand you have to bring the data. Yes. They the need pro- to see it. The problem is that you might know that it's hard to sell in your market between five and 600000 And you say that to your seller and they're aggravated and annoyed and don't want to hear it. And they want to fire you and hire another agent because mm-hmm. they think it's you. You've got to bring the data. When you say things without data, it comes off as your opinion. Correct. How many times, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been this second agent and they said, well, this other agent thinks my house is only worth this. Right. I'm like, it's not that they think that. They are using real data to come up with a fact. Right. And so, yes, there's a range. It's not a magic number, but the, the public... Unless you show them why or how you then got they there. just think it's your opinion. Yeah. And they disagree with you. Yes. Because you didn't bring anything to back up what you're saying. Right. And data will always get the better of the emotions. Yes. Because you can't argue it. Yes. It's just the truth. Right. There isn't something to debate here. Nope. That is what these houses sold for. Right. I agree. And then I will always have prepared. If I know it's going to be tricky like that, and I know there's one particular comp that's the closest to us, I'll be like, this one had XYZ better than you or XYZ the same as you. Like, I will start listing very specific information that took me time. Mm-hmm. you got to look at all the photos and read the descriptions and figure out how they're different and how they're the same. Because sometimes your seller knows a lot of the houses in their area, mm-hmm. in their neighborhood, and they'll be like, oh, well, that house didn't have, you know... Marble counters, and sure, and then you'll have to explain why that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> why that doesn't matter. Um, I had a quote from I like the million dollar listing New York, yeah, it's my favorite one. Um, Frederick, in I think episode two of one of the recent seasons, he said how he started out like selling real estate. He said, just be nice to everybody because it's more fun, but also because that is how you become successful. (laughs) It's more fun. It makes you successful. Yeah. Like be nice. If you're nice at the end of the day, you're going to feel better about your day. Yeah. Another thing that, you know, I want our listeners to not be this agent. Like I hope our listeners are listening to all these things and go, that's a good idea. I want to be like, I hope the, the hustle humbly podcast realtor is just, Oh, so nice. Wouldn't it be great if they were just known for their niceness yeah, and like, their professionalism? Like, yeah, you must listen to hustle humbly. You must. But one thing I hope that they don't do because I'm also encountering this. Oh God. Anxious texting. Oh, with, with your peers. Okay. Like, Oh my gosh, this is happening or, you know, right. And then it's like back-to-back text messages, text messages that come at nighttime. Yeah. Like that, these are, Yeah, it's not just a boundaries issue. It's that you're not controlling yourself. Yes. There's nothing that we can do about this at 10 yeah. o'clock at night. And now my brain right. can't sleep because you just got me all anxious about What's whatever about you're it? anxious yeah. about. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, this isn't a big deal. We'll right. handle this today. Yeah. But don't be that agent that, the moment you hear something, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to text everybody. Like, <laughs> get a plan together, <laughs> process, work right. it out, like be respectful and just calm, calm down. Calm. I think calmness is key. Calmness is key. It is. Just relax. I think the problem is that that also comes when you're in work mode 24-7. Right. If it's outside of work hours... Take a beat, mm-hmm. deal with it in the morning. But also, so like you slept on it and you're like, well, this is not a big deal. Why are we it talking about like this? a big deal at midnight. Right, right. <sighs> but your sleep. sellers are the same way. Your buyers are the same way. If you get a counter, that's why I hate those short response times. Yes. They've got to sleep on it sometimes. Mm-hmm. To I get can, the best result. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many sellers were like, 
hell no, I'm not taking that counter offer or that offer. I'm not even responding. I'm so aggravated. I don't want to deal with these people. They're the worst. And let's the, talk tomorrow. In the morning, they're like, well, you know, I really, really want to move. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had any offers. And it's been 60 days. And maybe I do want to take this right. offer. I just think that we have to be mindful that people can change their mind if you give them the time to, like, calm down. Sure. Calm down. All right. I want to tell a story. Okay. About emotions, because my philosophy is you get more flies with honey. And I find that you have to use this with not as often, but, you know, title companies, your buyers and sellers, lenders. Let us talk about the lenders. Okay. Um, I had a recent, recent, like within the last couple of weeks, um, buyer who was getting a specific loan type from a large bank that is one of the only people that provides this specific loan type. Okay. Okay. So I have had other clients use the same bank successfully, no problems. Um, this These people were very well qualified, good credit. I mean, this is not like a sketchy operation, okay? So I talked to the lender in the beginning. Things, things seem fine. The appraisal gets like we move through all the steps. And then all of a sudden, one week out of closing, it becomes very clear that the file has never been sent to underwriting. <gasps> never. That they still needed documentation from the buyer. That the buyer, on top of all this, we're in the midst of COVID. They're about to have babies, Mm-mm. twins. Oh, my gosh. And so they were, like, they were, you know, some buyers are, like, a little sketchy and they don't follow instructions and they don't do things on time. These people were over the top being prepared because yeah. they basically needed to have everything ready. They knew the stakes were high. Because the babies were coming yeah. and they were going to close. Like so much so that the husband had power of attorney for the wife because they were going to come in the closing time frame. Okay? Oh my gosh. So the lender, it becomes clear, has not done what they were supposed to do. The buyer still had to get documentation from their work. They needed to open a bank account at this very large bank because that's one of the requirements. Well, that could have been done weeks ago, but they didn't even know. Here they are. I'm not even joking you. In the hospital, they have had babies. Oh no. Two babies. And they are having to open a bank account over the phone, find the HR department for the mother of twins Mm -mm. and get documentation sent to this lender on and on and on. It was a disaster. We have to take a one week extension. I'm like, I want you to walk me through what happens now day by day, timeframe wise, because is a one week extension enough? It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like enough from my perspective. I need a, I need a closing disclosure three days in advance. Right. They are like, it's fine. It's fine. We've got it under control. Everything is turned in. You can close on the following Friday. So we're one week off. The seller is of course, livid. They're not living in this house. So they're paying a mortgage. They're not even there anymore. Well, here comes the next week. Oh no, nothing. It's Wednesday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. I think it's Tuesday. I'm like, okay, are we going to close Friday? Has the closing disclosure gone out? It has to go out today. If it doesn't, then we're not going to close. So I'm calling this loan officer on the phone and I'm said, (laughs) did it go out? And he's like, because the buyer said that they saw one, but they thought it was preliminary and it was the day before. I'm like, let me just double check. Yeah. And he's like, um, that's not really my job. <gasps> You're the lender. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? And then like when I asked him why they didn't get all the documentation together the week before, he's like, that's not really my job. Like it, I don't handle any of that. I'm like, what do you handle? Who can I talk to? You just fine. It's not your job. Fine. Who can I talk to? Well, me. And I'm like, but you don't have the answers. So then I'm asking about this closing disclosure. He cannot tell me a yes or no if it was the final closing disclosure that they need in order to meet TRID regulations. And I said it just like that. Is what they signed yesterday going to meet the TRID regulation? And he was like, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, it is a simple yes or no. Do you know what they signed yesterday? And is it going to meet the regulation? After the third time of me having to say it, that's when I lose it. Yeah. So, y'all, I hold it together up until the point, And then I'm like, no. Because then he, this is what happened. I, I hang up and I'm like, I'm going to call the main line and get the supervisor. Because you don't know what's going on. I call the main line. Guess who's manning the main line? Him. Him. Oh, no. And I don't realize it's him until I've asked for the supervisor. I'm like, hey, I'm just needing to talk to XYZ supervisor. And he's like, hey, I just talked to you. 
Why are you calling? You don't need my supervisor. And he got kind of like, I'm like, first of all, this I is a big do. thing. These calls are being recorded, but whatever. And I'm like, that works in your favor. I, I think and I'm like, hey, hey, you know, I just want someone who can answer the question for me. Did that CD meet the regulation? That is all I want to know. Right. And he's like, well, you don't need to talk to my supervisor. And I'm like, okay, can you answer the question for me? Did it? And he's still hemming and hawing. He won't answer. And then I said, well, can you tell me your supervisor's name? He does tell me that. Wow. Then he says, but you don't need to talk to him. And I've told you I'm working on this and it's going to close on time and blah, blah, blah. And then one time was last week. And then I'm like, hey, I just do it. And and again, I say it. And then I get angry. And then guess what? I didn't yell. I didn't curse. It was forceful asking of a question, but that is the, that is the farthest I took it. That dude hung up on me. Oh my gosh. Yep. So now what? Well, I had the supervisor's name. Oh, did he help you? Yes. But he had two additional people at that bank had to insert themselves in the situation. And that loan officer had no clue and no business being a loan officer. He didn't understand the process. No. He didn't know what was going on with his he buyers. Knew. It said he on his link because I checked out his LinkedIn. <laughs> it said he'd been doing it for one year. Well, that's It new. felt like he'd been doing it for one day. You know, I will tell you, I was going to ask you too, so be thinking about it. Like, what area do you think you need improvement in when it uh, comes to emotions? emotions? And I'll tell you mine. Okay. And I'll start with this example first. I waited tables from the age of like 15 until 22. Okay. And because of that, I'm kind of hard on service at restaurants. Okay. But like not if they're my husband also. Okay. (laughs) But if they're like busy and like saying I'm sorry and I get it. Yeah. But if they're just like, you know, lazy and Uh oh, can I, what, oh, you need a refill. I'm annoyed by that. Yeah. I have, I don't have tolerance for it. And Tanner, my husband even said, you would think you would be like nicer. I said, no, because I know if I wanted to be tipped well, I had to earn it. You got to work. You have to work. work. So when people don't work, Mm -hmm. I'm not the nicest, you know, I'm not rude, but you're not going to get a great tip. That's for sure. Agreed. And I'm not going to tell you it's okay because it's not. Right. I have found that. I need to be more patient with maybe some of the peers, some of of the other realtors that I'm working with. You know, I just had a transaction where the realtor was like, Alyssa, my buyers, my listing, I want the buyers want the foundation company to get out there, but my buyers aren't having any luck. Can you call the foundation company? And I said, well, have you called? Well, no, I thought maybe you could call. I said, well, why would I call? Right. I don't, I'm not scheduling the inspection for your buyer. And she said, well, it looks, appears now that I'm going to have to call because you won't. And I'm like, you're right. I won't. <laughs> but, like, here's but the you thing. you feel like there was something you could have improved there? No. <laughs> like the thing is now there are some times when, where I could be nicer yes. or not so short. I'm just a very like direct. You, okay. Agree. You know, I could be nice. You have a more matter of fact delivery. I do. I could work on my delivery. Agree. Okay. But sometimes I'm like, I tell the other realtor, yeah. do your job. <laughs> Don't get into next week's I episode. Know, I know. I have to save it. But I do feel like I could be a little bit nicer but it's hard for me because I don't have a lot of tolerance for when people aren't doing their job. Agree. And maybe handling that better instead of like shaming them. <laughs> okay. I think that's a good assessment. I'm going to recommend you add a lot of thank yous and have a great days on your email. Okay. That's good. Always, always in my emails on a positive, like, have a great day. Hope everything's great with you. Hope oh, okay. we can work this out. Yeah, I need I look to forward do that. To work, I look forward to working with you. This is going to get closing with no problem. Have a, always a have a great day. It's funny because I didn't even really realize I was that way. And my sister said something about, yeah, unless you email Alyssa something really exciting. And she emails back. Like, yes, <laughs> or something. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And you she didn't goes, know. Your emails are so dry. Yeah, you know? your texts are dry too. Sometimes I'm like, is she mad at me? Did no. I do it wrong? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's just your delivery and it's okay. <laughs> but not every agent is going to know that about you. I know. And people like to, um, oh, I don't even remember who said it, but people read texts and emails 
in a place that they're coming from, yes. not in the place that you're coming from. Yes. So you didn't mean I'm it. I'm just answering your question. Right, right. <laughs> but a little fluff never hurt anybody. In order to, I use a lot of exclamation points, yeah. like next level. Have you seen, I'll have to find it. It says, you know, um, hey, exclamation point, <laughs> I'm going to use a period for this next sentence so you don't think I'm too enthusiastic, yeah. but I'm really excited to work with you, exclamation point. I'm going to end with a whatever, just so you don't think I'm too excited. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Alyssa, that's literally my life. I type emails all of the time and have to go back and remove exclamation points because I'm like, who people are going to think I'm crazy. But I am like, upbeat, super upbeat. Maybe I could have been nicer to this agent Maybe. and I could have said, Maybe. if you can't get them, let me know and I'd that be happy to. That would have been to. great. I should have said that. Put the ball back in their court. But I didn't. But, but it's still all like, for No, I'm not doing it. No. I it's was like, fine. why would I do that? That's okay. <laughs> I think that's okay. I think probably when it comes to the emotions where I internalize how my clients are feeling a little bit too much, okay. I think that's where I could stand to improve. Yeah. So, I mean, I can diffuse it enough to keep the transaction moving, but sometimes I'm like, I mean, I'm crying and I am sad, like I am feeling the feelings that they are having, but also sometimes I don't know how to explain to them when there's a problem on the other side and it's because of their emotions. So sometimes I have feel like I have to tell them. Yeah, there are times. Because I can't logically explain why they won't do what they're at, like what the mm-hmm. buyer's asking or something because the, of the emotional part. And so sometimes I think I do this more than I should. I have to tell them where the other party's at. Yes. Like they're not happy or they're, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And I, I wish I never had to and I haven't figured out how to, how to explain I don't know. I don't know how to answer the question. I feel like there are times that it is important for the seller or the buyer to understand where the other party is at because we're at risk of losing it. But maybe doing it from a non-hostile point. Yeah. Letting them know, look, they're not agreeing to this, not because they're trying to like play hardball, but because they don't have the money. Yeah. And sometimes I have said, and I wish I had never, but I I don't know what else to do. I've had to say, I'm sorry, their agent doesn't know what they're doing. (laughs) There has been situations. I, I'm like, I don't even know how else to explain mm-hmm. this other mm-hmm. than all agents are not created equal. True story. And I have requested this addendum X amount of times. I'm sorry they have not met the deadline. I mean, that's exactly why we have to give the disclaimer about feedback. Yes. Not all agents are going to provide feedback. I am sorry. No. So I, I guess that's where I could work on things. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just work on helping other agents get better. <laughs> I'm going to be nicer via communication and try to add more exclamation points. Exclamation points. Can't wait. Thank yous. Yay. Can't wait. One thing I know we're kind of wrapping up on time, but um, I was reading this article about why it's kind of hard in real estate to keep emotions at bay for ourselves as realtors. As realtors. And it's because a lot of realtors in general, all of us, there's not a clear work-life boundary. Correct. It doesn't shut off at five o'clock when you leave the office. And so it's almost impossible to bring, to not bring your client's emotions home with you and also your work emotions into work because they're always overlapping a little bit. The time. Yes. And it it just has to do with our boundaries. And um, honestly, since I have moved my email icon to the very back of my phone, Okay. To where I'm like, I'm not looking at it until tomorrow morning because there's nothing I can do. It has helped. That's good. So much because if I read it, then you just want to address it. I want to address it, but I can't. I can't. I can't address it right now. But I'm going to stress about it and think about it until tomorrow morning. Um, so there's things you can do to just kind of help, like, I like it. ask yourself before you open your email, am I mm-hmm. at a place where yeah. I can even address this? And if it's a fellow agent texting you or another buyer or whatever texting you, you can say, no problem. We'll handle this first thing in the morning. Yes. Do you mind sending me an email? So when I get to my computer, I will work on it. Yeah. that That's all okay. I think that's fine. Mm. Did you hit it all? Yeah, I think I covered most of what I wanted to talk about. Um, I had a lot of notes on this. I just you feel did. like like I had in here, you know, you can't be a moody leader. <laughs> That's true. I, I listened to that in a leadership class somewhere, and I thought that was so true. Yeah. Like, people can't wonder, well, what kind of mood is she going to be in today? Right. Your what to kids, expect. You oh, know. Yeah. Well, I mean. For, I feel bad for my kids. I know. Well, you know, we're real people, and they <laughs> have to understand that we have real emotions. 
I think people might think that this episode is about having no emotion, like no. how to have no emotion in work. No. But that's not what it's about because they even say, um, let's see, that you are not supposed to suppress your emotions. Yes. I think you have to talk it out. You have to acknowledge them. Yeah. And say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Even negative emotions like envy or jealousy, uh-huh. like, oh, this agent is like selling so much or got this new listing. Uh-huh. And, but it's not that that could be, you could fester in that for a minute. Yeah. And that could be what drives you to put systems in place. Yeah, for sure. To change. Yeah. Use it as fuel. Use it as fuel that they're not all, it's not always fun to feel the feels. No. But sometimes they do show you their trigger points into what areas of yourself yeah. need addressing. Yeah. You know, I think you need a support system so that when you're having to talk out these things, you're not talking it out with the parties of the transaction. That's not who you talk it out with. Talk it out with your realtor buddy, your broker, your, your spouse, someone who wants to hear it or just wants to let you talk mm-hmm. <laughs> and move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's it. I mean, not really, but I think it's okay. Okay. Look, as long as you've gotten out <laughs> what you need the people to know. Do yeah. you want to do our toast? I would love to do our toast. Yay. So we have a new listener from Wisconsin. Okay. I love it. And what is funny is she started at episode 43. Right. And as um, we were saying, maybe someone will start here. Yeah. What if someone starts at here and they didn't even listen? They don't even know who we are. That's but, right. But she just found us. And um, so then she went back to episode one mm-hmm. and she's making her way through. And it. she messaged love us it. and said she's just loving that she found us. Her name is Abby Larson. Yep. And also, she has a really cute boxer named Royce. We're going to toast to her and her boxer. Yeah, Abby and Royce. It's so funny, though, because, you know, I have Dante. Yes. And Dante is a Mastiff puppy, and he's brown with the black Uh mask. And I've been posting his, like, six weeks to six-month photos, and she did that with Royce. And I was like, this looks just like Dante because they both are the same colors. I know. So anyway, we're happy to have Abby as a um, yes listener, a new listener to the show. Yes, so we'd like it. to cheers to, to, Abby. to her. All right, cheers, cheers, awesome, goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.